How's it going, everyone? Welcome to episode 81 of Fear Frequency, a weekly horror podcast. It's me, Jimmy Champagne, and today I'm joined, as always, by... George Fazard. What's up? Nothing much, dude. How's it going? Okay, so I've had this, like, weird... So I sit at work, I have a chair, right, with, like, <laughs> armrests. Okay. And my left elbow... I wear a denim jacket, like, every day. Basically, either my black one or my blue one lately. And... When I put my elbow on the armrest, my left elbow, it would like hurt, but like sting a little bit. I was like, "Oh, it's probably just the like uh, where the the two the you know the fabric meets on the sleeve of my jacket. Mm-hmm. You know how that's a little rough." So it's been like that for like six months, and I finally looked, and I got this wart on my elbow. <laughs> oh my god! So I've had this wart for six months, unattended. Probably, probably not good. I never looked at it, never once. Until like this week. And I was like, uh oh. So I okay. might do something about that. I have to freeze that bad boy. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But it's not pleasant. It really is annoying <laughs> at this point. If I do anything about it, it won't be because it's a war. It'll be because it is annoying. So I was waiting this whole time to tell you that story on the podcast. You gotta pick your battles. Yep. So uh, we didn't read a review last week, so we should do that now. So we don't forget. <laughs> uh, so we do have, like you said, one new review from Jacken Ren. Uh, oh. Who says, Horror Fix, a great companion to the Say You Love Satan podcast. Enjoyable topics and keeps my interest, even during the lengthier episodes. I find myself playing catch-up before bed or on my way to work. Especially love the periodic Halloween casting slash film updates. Skimming the archives, I'm surprised to not see any episodes around... The Haunting of Hill House miniseries. I'd also enjoy an episode that reviews Satan's Little Helper. Keep up the good work. <laughs> Wait, we've d- I've definitely talked about Hell House, or what's it called? Haunting yeah, of Hell House. we've talked about because we watched. That. We both watched it late, though. We watched it in like January or February. Yeah, but I don't think we themed an episode around it. So I would it's say it's mixed look, in somewhere, but I'm not exactly sure what episode it's in. It's definitely around January or February. It's in the first three months of this year. Also, I don't think we've ever done a dedicated episode on Satan's Little Helper, but it's easily one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah, um, I think that's kind of a classic. That's I've seen a few people kind of mention it as the years go on. It's starting to pick up we a little started bit of steam, that. I think. Uh, <laughs> I will like. There's no way we didn't start that. Like, I found that we found that on our own. Twitter was barely a thing when we found it. And now people are, like, trying to trick-or-treat this shit. Like, have you seen Satan's Little Helper? It's the same shit people are doing with Hell House. Just like Hell House. We fucking found Hell House, too. And now everyone's like, oh, I found this amazing movie no one's ever heard of. It's like, dog, I've been sitting here for years talking about these movies. Singing its praises. Yeah, Satan's Little Helper is awesome. I've already watched it this year, but I'm going to watch it again. Because I made my official watch list. Uh, so i got to rewatch it. Yeah, to it's go a, with that. A Halloween season must for me. It's just good. Like I put it on year round. If I ever just <laughs> want to watch something, it's on Shutter. It's also on Amazon Prime for free. There's always somewhere hosting it for free. And I bought the DVD. Great. How is that? <laughs> Not great. Is it? How does it compare to the one, the Hell House LLC director's cut I got that came with dog teeth holes in the package? Well, it's packaged with two other movies, and that's the only way to buy it on DVD. 
and one oh. of them was called Blood Gnome, and the other one was called uh, something else, and I have never watched either of the other two movies that it's packaged with. But did they each get their own disc? Satan's Little Helper has its own disc, and then Blood Gnome and the other one share a disc. I would have just thrown those out. <laughs> so I'm two movies into my watch list. Uh, I've watched a bunch of movies in October, but I like started the official countdown or whatever recently this week. So I watched Sleepy Hollow. Uh, because he's gonna get mad that I tell this story. But last week I was in New York for work. Mm-hmm. I went to New York City for one day, and that was not cool. But <laughs> being in New York City was cool. Um, so they announced the new Surface and the two new Surface phones. But since I was in New York, I was like, "Hey, my good buddy Jake Baldino, you want to come down and hang out with me?" And he was like, "Yeah, I'm going to the Surface event too." So he came and hung out in our hotel room while we were finishing up our video, me and Ken, my boy Ken at work. And then he finished up some Game Ranks video on Call of Duty Mobile. And I told him that I hadn't seen uh, Sleepy Hollow and that I had it downloaded and I was really excited. And he goes, man, the fact that you're just about to watch that for the first time is actually making me tear up. (laughs) I was like, oh man, now I have to watch it. Turns out. I get it, man. That movie is awesome. I don't know how yeah. I've never seen that. I don't know. I've never even heard of it until a couple of years ago, which is also weird because it's a <laughs> really good movie. It's not like a good Tim Burton movie. It's not like, oh, this is good for the 90s. Oh, this is good for Tim Burton. It's a legitimately good movie. Yeah. Uh, I just watched that recently also, and I had a, lot, a really fun time with it. Like the atmosphere, like set design, costumes are all so cool. Yeah. Friend of the show... I wish James Rolfe. He uh, <laughs> he does. He said he likes the atmosphere, but he uh, doesn't like it as much as the Disney one because it. I guess it makes some changes to the actual Sleepy Hollow story. Like Ichabod Crane is supposed to be a school teacher and not an investigator. But I like the way that they tell the story, and I like the headless horseman being played by tooth sharpened Christopher Walken, <laughs> which is weird. That's like the most bizarre he never, casting. That's he never a... speaks. No, he just goes, ah! It's like, what do you cast Christopher Walken for other than the weird-ass way he speaks? So I guess just like the weird-ass way he looks. I love the Frankenstein callback with the windmill. Yeah, the giant windmill just, burning at the end. Yeah, I love how the set design and just the costume design essentially makes a black-and-white movie that is in color. Right. So the blood always stands out. It's always just like red finger paint. Um, all the beheadings are pretty good. The CGI... That there's one moment of CGI, and it's when the headless horseman grows his head back. Looks really good, and it has a large Marge frame. There's <laughs> a frame of a large weird... Marge's face. There's also odd. another scene sort of like that when he goes to the witch's house. Yeah. Uh, I love the witch's house. That was cool. Uh, young Johnny Depp, pretty cool. Uh, overall, I'm a fan of that movie. I gave it a four stars. Four out of five. Yeah, really solid. I think that's... Great Halloween time movie. Really sets the mood. Yeah, it's weird. They never mention Halloween at all, but there are just pumpkins littering yeah. that movie. <laughs> they never overtly say, like, it's October, I don't think. No, but there's, like, dead trees and... Yeah, it feels like Halloween. Yeah, definitely has that atmosphere. Yeah, and then the other movie I watched was... What was it, George? Fuck. <laughs> I tweeted about it. Do you remember? <laughs> no. You like all my tweets. Well, let's see. What the hell? What did I watch? Oh, Halloween 3. I watched Halloween 3. Halloween 3. 
that's a classic still holds up um i remember when i was little i watched fear fest all the time and i was like oh man halloween 3 is gonna be on never seen that one and then i waited the whole movie for michael myers to show up and i legitimately thought they like played the wrong movie so i like (laughs) went to elementary school and started asking around but of course we grew up in this fucking shithole where everyone's like oh i like sports i don't go to the movies i only watch like disney movies so no one knew anything about like fucking mike essie I'm sure he's alive still or something. He's like, oh, I, I can't drink pop. My mom won't drink soda. I don't know anything about movies that are coming out. So I never fucking knew until I was like 10 or 11 whether or not Halloween 3 was really was the actually movie a watched. canon. <laughs> a canon yeah, but I loved series. it. I thought it was great because I, I legitimately thought they like misnamed it on AMC because I right. was like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that past them. And. So I thought it was a really cool movie, and it still holds up. I watch it every year, so it's not like I'm like, oh, man, this long-lost movie. Right. But it's still really good. Yeah, definitely excellent. Good kills in that movie. Really good kills. Like the laser face. Laser face, head melting. Bugs and the snakes. And then the guy getting his brain all jostled around when (laughs) the dude pulls his nose out between his eyes. That's pretty good. The only thing, I get what they're going for, right, with the all these dudes in suits are like corporations technically you know it's like a metaphor or whatever they're just not scary it's like oh if i walk a little faster i'll get away from him like yeah i get what they're going for though i like connell cochran as the bad guy oh he's awesome yeah yeah he uh, i like when he just uh claps at the end he's like (laughs) you won i also don't know what tom atkins character's name is i i (laughs) I realized that I just call him Tom Atkins, right? I was right. I always called him that from the, I'm like Tom Atkins in Halloween three. I I started listening about a quarter of the way through the movie, just waiting for someone to address him by his first name. I don't even <laughs> Never think happens. it happens. <laughs> no, and I didn't look at the credits, so I still don't know. I'm never gonna look, so I'll just go on calling him just Tom Atkins. He is also an odd main character because he's a like not a good dude. There are like context clues all over this movie, like. He's a total deadbeat dad, and at first you think it's like, oh, he's going to like solve this mystery because he like genuinely cares to solve it. But it's like, no, he just wants to not take his kids for the weekend. <laughs> you know, and like he's like 30, 40 years old, 35, yeah. 40 years old, and he like fucks this obviously 20-year-old girl. It's like, wow, I, I love the boldness of making that guy the main character. His and big saving like, grace oh. at the end though, when he's screaming, turn it off! <laughs> Oh yeah, like, I think it's thematically correct that he loses. Yeah, like, like, like yeah, this guy is not a good guy. I like also that the movie makes his wife out to be a huge bitch the entire movie. <laughs> when like realistically, I completely get where she's coming from. Right, she's like, basically a single mother. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, this movie does a really good job at feeling like a John Carpenter movie without actually being one. Like he wrote it and he did the score, mm-hmm. but he didn't direct it. It's Tommy Lee Wallace, the guy who uh directed the it miniseries and he does a really good job i still i love that they still went with the whole, the tenets of carpenter which are like shoot with better equipment than you need to and they also use the uh like a gimbal type deal so there's a lot of shots where you know tom atkins is running at the camera and it stays steady and they can track him down a hallway uh i thought that was pretty cool yeah definitely i, w- I wish it wasn't in movie. california though it was like eh. i wish this had more of a halloween feel <laughs> yeah I mean, at least the costumes and everything kind of give you that. 
It's it would make a great uh, double feature with the fog. They are very similar movies, like just in terms of pacing and what's going on in them. Like it's a very small, right? Like Isolated. the fog is very small. Yeah. But Halloween three is like a very similar feel, but on a bigger scale because it's like everyone's gonna die. Mm-hmm. But they still manage to make it small. You know, I don't. Right. Know. I mean, the only scene that really like breaks from that mold is when we see the kids with the masks on, like around the country. Right, around the country. It's just like 80 shots of Los Angeles yeah. but like, <laughs> with different cities put over them. <laughs> so that's that's how deep I am in there. Uh, I don't know if I talked about this, but I replayed The Last of Us. I didn't, did we talk about that in the last episode? Um, I don't think so. All right, so I just Maybe. repeat The Last of Us. Uh, the first time I played it, so this is bizarre. So it was between sophomore and – no. What? Sophomore and junior year of college? Yeah, that's when it was. And it came out, and then I went to Beyond 300, which was like a week, and then something got in the way. So I, I played The Last of Us in like chunks, and I didn't really take it all in. So this time, I played it in basically three weekends, and that game is very good. Yeah, it's I haven't like played a... it since it's a PlayStation 3 release, but I've been meaning to get back to it. You know, it's showing its age a little bit in terms of graphics. Like, it looks, some of it looks really good. But when you get into the more open areas, like the outdoor areas, you can clearly see the edges of the maps and stuff. You know, like where it's mm-hmm. just a PNG. And, the, you know, the draw distance is a little too good. Like, it, stuff is too clear that should it be should be out of focus. Um, but the, the parts that matter need to happen. I really, really like the ending of that game still. I just... I can't believe there are people who try and tear that game down by bitching and moaning about four sections in the game where you have to move a ladder. It's like <laughs> out of this this twelve hour game, it's a combined like what like eight minutes, and people are like maybe Abs- like max. It, it's not as great as you say. You have to move the ladder. It's like what whatever, dude. <laughs> uh, it really does play a lot like Resident Evil Two Remake. Also, they're very similar gameplay style games. Yeah, I can see and, that. It's the second game this year where I'm like, let's strip it back. Let's strip back all this bloated bullshit. Like, I don't need this garbage thrown on top of every game. You know, like, simplify. That's, like, been my whole thing since Halloween 2018. I'm just like, simplify. Stop complicating things that don't need to be complicated. Like, I feel like so many games lately are all about having all these different boxes checked on the back. It's like, open world, we got it. Hub world, we got it. Co-op, it's here. It's just like, damn, man, playing a game like The Last of Us or like Resident Evil 2 where it's just a finely crafted single player experience is great and can control even because you know what you do? You fucking go back and replay them. You know, like I'm not ever going to replay the first Destiny because it's not made for that. Yeah, I've definitely like I have completely abandoned like the Assassin's Creed series because I'm just not going to sink 80 hours into that every single year playing the same game. And anything that's, right. like, a big, huge experience where the tagline in the box is, this has so much stuff to do, but it's all pretty mediocre. Like, I'm never, I'm never going to play, like, Wildlands 2 or anything. The first one just, like, bored me to tears. So I'd prefer something more concentrated and linear than a giant game just because it has more stuff. Right. And The Witcher 3 almost falls into that trap, but it's very smartly tuned to encourage you not to do everything it's like hey you're over leveled for this area you're getting one xp and five gold for finishing these quests move on 
Like you're just, you're stagnating and then you go, oh, okay, like there's no progression here. I'm going to move on. Right. And then you can come back later and finish whatever if you want to, but the game is always pushing you forward. And I really like that. Even though it's massive RPG, you know? Yeah, I definitely, I love that game. Are you going to get it on switch? I don't know. I just don't think it'll be at its best on switch. Right. I'm not going to replay the main story, but I'd play the, the DLC on Switch maybe. I don't know. I got enough right now. I cle- I've i checked off a lot of games this past couple weeks. Like, Beat Control, Beat The Last of Us, at the end, end of Gears 5. I'm trying to get all these console games done before I go home next week. Yeah, I've been uh, chipping away at Destiny 2 and Beat Control. Have been the last oh, yeah, we, two we big both things, picked Destiny know? back up. That game's good again. Yeah. <laughs> Something happened. I don't know what. What, what have you been watching and playing? <laughs> uh, so I also watched Sleepy Hollow, which we talked about. I watched The Fog just last night. Um, had a little bit. Is of that the first time you ever saw it? it? It's been the first time in a long time that I've seen it. Um, okay, cool. Because you texted me, you're like, "It's a ten," and I was like, "Yeah." Yeah. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like I forgot how good it was because I hadn't seen it in a while. But it's. <laughs> I was like, "That's not remarkable." <laughs> Uh, it's just up there like it's one of those great early carpenter movies that you just can't beat i mean atmosphere is like perfect jamie lee is back you got tom atkins the cast is cool the pirates are creepy with their red glowing eyes and the city is like so quaint and cool i love the radio station yeah the radio station is like an awesome centerpiece for the city and you have those like droning horns throughout the entire movie because it's on the beach where ships could possibly crash into it. It's just, just an excellent movie. Yeah. It has the siege element at the end too. Every good carpenter movie has a siege element. Yeah. (laughs) The thing has a really good one. You know, that movie has a really good one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Prince of darkness has a great one. You know, it's just like one of his things, you know, assault and precinct 13, his first movie. It's like, yeah, it's a siege movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, I really like The Fog. That's a good Halloween movie. Um, Even though... Once again, set in California. It's not yeah, also set in California and not necessarily on or around Halloween, but it it's seems like... It's got the atmosphere. Yeah, it has the atmosphere of it. Um, yeah. Other than that, I watched this horrible movie on Amazon Prime streaming called Don't Look, and I oh. encourage everybody who wants to watch a super shitty like one star movie to watch it because it's it's like very much on the razor's edge of so bad it's good and i think like the more i think about it the more it's on that like it is so bad it's good but it's it's hilarious what's it about it's about this group give of me people. some more give me paint the picture <laughs> in my head george it's about this group of teenagers they're like obviously 27 year olds who are playing teenagers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're on a holiday vacation. The holiday is Thanksgiving. So oh. they go to this chick's house that she just inherited. And there's also these two like backwoods hill people that live on the property. And okay. then they start to get killed by a mysterious killer. And they're like, it must be the backwoods people. But it's just this unnamed character that's going around and killing people. <laughs> okay it's completely ridiculous the dialogue is horrible the acting is completely terrible there's one scene of practical effect 
uh, where a guy's intestines get pulled out. That's actually kind of cool. Uh, and everything else is pretty horrible. <laughs> okay. Um, does it show Night of the Living Dead at all? It does not <laughs> show Night of the Living Dead at all. Because that's something I'm getting really sick of in uh, new stuff. Like, Haunt did it. I know Creepshow does it. Like, it just looks cheap. It's it, like, uh, you're not tricking anyone. Everyone knows the only reason you're doing that is because it's fucking public domain. <laughs> right, because it's like, free. Like, you can say it's paying respect to George Romero all you want, because he died, I think, last year. But, like, horror movies were doing it well before that for the exact same goddamn reason. Like, it's played out. Yeah, definitely. Like, Haunt and Creepshow. Stop it. <laughs> also... Watched a couple more episodes of Creepshow. Um, you know, I liked the first one. I think it, my fear of, you know, the, the season opener and the season closer being the only ones that actually had a budget. Kind of feeling like that's how, where the season's heading. And it's a bummer because they get so much right. I feel like the stuff behind the scenes is done right. Like, they know what they're doing writing-wise. They know what they're doing you know tone wise and what they want to do is good i can see what they want to be doing but it's just they don't have the budget and it's really it's really showing through you know yeah it kind of sucks that that's the thing that is the limiter like without a decent budget the show can't you know it can be good but it can't really be great right so it sucks that like they have everything right but they just can't pay to make it look as good as it should and they do a great job of bringing in people that matter. Like, we had Tobin Bell in the first episode, and then David Arquette, I think is his name, the guy from Scream, yeah. Officer yeah. Dewey. He's in the second one. Um, they, they've got the girl who plays Judith, who's basically the new Rick on The Walking Dead, even though she's a kid. Like, they've got good people, and they have good people behind the camera. Like, uh, the one that came out today, uh, Darren Lynn Bosman, the guy who's doing this new Saw movie with Chris Rock next year. Like, he directed that. That guy's awesome. It's just, I don't understand why like it looks so cheap like in the the house of the head that yeah. angle they <clears throat> use with the security camera angle and they just slap the widest lens <laughs> on yeah. the camera that my my new iphone could get better footage than that i'm confident of it you know like yeah <laughs> and like not only that but like when the head comes to life and it's like full size in a room it's just like a cheap spirit halloween mask on a mannequin head like it does not look at all professional in any way no and then the the creep the i guess that's what he's called the you know the crypt keeper you yeah. can tell that's unfinished like you can tell that there was supposed to be voiceover there but he's just silent right. yeah he just like, is kind of there to play a little trick with what is like that? the end of the stuff like i don't, I don't know if that was intentional because they didn't want him to be too like crypt keepery and have, yeah. like, a joke to tell at the end of every segment. but Because uh, he doesn't really talk, I don't think, in Creepshow 1 or 2. But I, there's something that feels off about it in the show. Yeah, I mean, at least it's a puppet. And it definitely feels like the third movie, if you look at the Creepshow series. Because, you know, there is there is a pretty steep drop-off in visual quality and fidelity from 1 to 2. The Raft one's great, right? Right. Raft is awesome. Two Leslie Nielsen one also really good. It's just like quality wise, there is a drop off, and then so there is a drop off from two to this. This is essentially a third movie, right? Like, yeah, I don't know. Um, I I like it. I just I wish it was, I wish it was impressing me. Like I wish I was going in thinking it's gonna look like cheap, and mm -hmm. then it outdid itself. You know, right? 
But I'm going to continue watching it because the stories are good. Yeah, I mean, hopefully this season is just like a trial run to see if it gains enough popularity to where it's worth funding possibly more yeah. in the second season. And if you look at Blumhouse's Into the Dark, which is basically like an, a director's audition at this point yeah. for like a real movie, right. which there's nothing wrong with that. It It is better than all of the ones of those I've watched. Like Puka was a standout because I think they just brought someone in so talented that they knew how to work with such a small budget, but you know, New Year, New Year was okay. Then I was just like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm done. First one <laughs> was know? like sort of fun, but it kind of wasn't great. Oh yeah. That one. Yikes. That was really bad. Uh, <laughs> it was set on Halloween. And, yeah. Like, like, stop hit, setting this shit in Los Angeles. Like Hitman, you just shouldn't. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. You, you shouldn't do Halloween themed things. If you're going to fucking half ass it like that. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Have it in a Midwestern uh, town for Christ's sakes. There's, there are places in California that like have fall foliage. Just go there. <laughs> you know? Not like, downtown not LA. Yeah. Like go to Utah or like Utah's not that far. You, you know, there are options outside of that. It just blows my mind. Like, even Annabelle Comes Home managed to have a fall feel. And they shot, like, basically in Pasadena. So it can be done. It's just either these people aren't trying or they're just not aware that, like, if you have a Halloween set thing, you should have the atmosphere. Right. That That's not enough just because there's a Halloween dance. It's not. <laughs> like, that doesn't make the atmosphere. Yeah, there was something that came out this year that said it was set on Halloween. It doesn't matter. Uh, but Creepshow, okay, could be better. I really want to watch um, Are You Afraid of the Dark? That came out this week. You know that? Uh, the first episode? Yeah, I heard the is, first uh, episode is out now. I haven't watched it it's yet. It's out on YouTube. You can just watch it. Is that so, on a special streaming service? or? It's just on Nickelodeon. Okay. But um, I don't know. <laughs> I'll watch that. I, I bet that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I like the, the show as a kid, so watch the reboot yeah. of it. That's about it for what I've been playing. Oh, I beat Blasphemous. Nice. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> you you got to start that game. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to clear some, some of the backlog out before I do it. That's a really good Switch game. Um, but yeah, I hear Dr. Loomis dying again, which means we have a Halloween alert. All right, so we're going to avoid some of the bigger spoilery stuff because, you know, Michael Myers was seen on set and everything, and... I feel like that was a little much. Like, people are getting rewarded for spoiling things at this point. It's like, I don't know about that. So, <laughs> the first thing we're going to talk about comes from Jamie Lee Curtis's Twitter, where she tweeted out a picture of her with the, like, tweet, never say die or some shit. Uh, but it is more revealing than I think uh, she anticipated, because she's wearing the exact same outfit from the end of Halloween 2018, and a picture came out with this one of her getting off the pickup truck from the end of Halloween 2018. So that tells us that at least for the beginning of the movie, we're picking up right where that movie left off. Which shouldn't be that surprising. I mean, yeah, I think we all kind of expected it to be a direct continuation, at least at some point in the movie, just because, right. you know, that scene of them driving off together sort of like want conclu uh, a conclusion of that scene where we, we assume they wouldn't just watch the house burn down and be like, well, guess that'll never happen again yeah so i'm fine with them going to the hospital i really hope it's like the beginning of the movie we go to the hospital because uh, it's Haddonfield memorial that's been announced and then i hope there's a time jump after that because i <laughs> i really don't want them to just remake halloween 2 <laughs> right like, the, the that 
Like you shouldn't have gotten rid of Halloween too if your if you're just going to story make it... idea is the same thing, you know? And I don't think it will be. I think it might just be uh paying a little bit of homage to it or Yeah. Or it might be a red herring in a sense where people are gonna think that's where the story goes and then it goes in a completely different direction. Right. And I'm fine with that. I hope that's what they do. I hope there's like a time jump. Because uh, if Michael just manages to survive that unscathed, that's going to feel weird. Yeah, definitely. So uh, Charles Cyphers, though, the last person everyone's been waiting to be announced is back. Uh, Sheriff Brackett. He's been seen on set. There's a picture of him going around in an outfit that is not a police officer's outfit distinctly it looks like a security guard outfit so what i'm assuming is he's a security guard at the hospital since he was on set and that's what they've been filming all week they uh the hospital scenes were filmed in a school so if you see on twitter people saying that there's going to be a school scene uh they're wrong it's they turned a school into the hospital so yeah he looked happy though he looks like he does look look really happy He's like, yeah, like, I, that's the best cast picture I've seen so far. Where he's just, like, so stoked to be back, yeah. you know? And he's had a career. Like, he's been in a ton of TV shows and movies over the years, playing bit parts. He's, like, a character actor. So I'm glad he's coming back. Because by cutting out Halloween 2, we lose a lot of his uh, development in the sense that he never finds out about his daughter dying in the first Halloween. Right. All we get from him is that he basically hangs out with Loomis for most of the movie. Which is yeah. great. Yeah, which is great because Loomis is like the best part of Halloween 1, but uh, it, it doesn't do Man. much for his character to just be there <laughs> hanging out. You know that, the, you remember last year they had the Loomis sound alike? Right. This year, I think they're going to like have someone be Loomis. That would be because, really bad. That would be really bad. Well, I mean, look at, like, read the tea leaves. They're bringing literally everyone back. And at this point, bringing back like Nancy Stevens uh as you know nurse marion or whatever the fuck you've got tommy doyle you've got Lindsay wallace you've got uh, sheriff brackett you've got literally uh, you got lonnie elam uh, literally everyone's back but like how Where old the, would he be i don't know too old but <laughs> like i think death from age would be correct <laughs> in this timeline but we know there's going to be a flashback because they were doing the casting calls for the 60s and 70s cars, right? That's true. Can't, yeah. They can't do a flashback to the original Halloween. And I don't think <laughs> they're going to do, like, they're not going to have They'll the Disney the... money to right. create a perfect, <laughs> like, <laughs> image of old Dr. Loomis. You know, it's going to be an actor playing him, which is going to feel off. How would you feel... If they used footage from Halloween 2. I'd be fine with that. Yeah, me too. Because they can. And I think I don't think fans would be too upset about that. Like, if you legitimately used it in a flashback for something with Loomis. Especially since people were so pissed when 2018 came <laughs> yeah. out. And they were like, it does not contain! A t- a Halloween 2 is not canon! I cannot believe it! People were so mad. That it's That's like, the most watched video on my channel. The, like, the Halloween 2 had to die. Like, <laughs> if you just bring in, like, bits and pieces of it without having the, like, big reveal of them being siblings, and you just bring in some stuff to, like, develop Loomis or to set up, like, new plots in this one, I think that's fine. There is, like, literally no solid defense of the sibling plot line. No. Like, it, no, any argument I've ever had or any argument that I ever see comes down to, I just like it. It's like... <laughs> 
I just don't give a fuck. Like, it's stupid. <laughs> it doesn't make sense thematically at all. It's like, I don't know. We got into this a little bit with Daniel Harris. It's like, stop making things complicated for your fandom. Right. It's like, if the justification for everything you want is your fucking fandom where you want to go to a bar and, like, win at trivia, like, no, sorry. <laughs> that doesn't make a good movie. Like, it's... Like, people really are trying to turn these things into rides, and I hate that. <laughs> it sucks. Right. It's like, I want it to be a good movie, and that's what we got last year. We got, like, a simplified, uh, you know, concentrate of what the franchise had become over the past fucking 40 years. Yeah. And it was good. Yeah, so let's so, just... I just hope that that's where they stick to it. It's not a retread of Halloween 2, and, and if they do have to put Loomis in it, I hope it's in flashback with footage from h2 and not oh yeah they won't show him like they won't show him in 2019 i feel like that's why uh what's her name marion nurse marion crane or whatever marion something she's coming back to basically be the fill-in and be like yeah oh dr loomis all over the years here's exactly what he did you know right or she could have that moment like they have an h20 where like maybe she like has all those old paperwork or something you know what else I was thinking? Um, if the time jump idea that I just mentioned a while, like a couple minutes ago, happens, that would kind of explain why Jamie Lee Curtis and Laurie Strode wouldn't necessarily be in this movie that much. Michael doesn't care about Laurie. That's established in Halloween 2018, and loosely established in the first movie. So if she, Karen, and Allison are like, burn my house down on top of Michael Myers, there's no way he's alive, and they leave Haddonfield. That gives them an excuse to be absent for this movie. And if they really want them to all be there for the third movie, they could use the second one to have Michael pick off all these old characters. Like, you know, Tommy Doyle, Lindsay Wallace. Right. Like, it could Set be up their the, movie. the bigger revenge for when Laurie would come back in the third one to end it or whatever. Like Laurie then... So basically what you could do is you could kill Cameron, Allison's ex-boyfriend. You could kill Lonnie. You can kill Tommy and Lindsay, all these people. And then Lori finds out that they kept it from her, that, you know, Michael was alive and escaped at the end. And then she comes back in the third movie, and finally there's the final showdown, you know? Right, yeah, exactly. Something like that. I don't know. Not enough details out there to really know yet. Uh, but people are having a field day with spoiling shit on Twitter, so I would avoid the Halloween Kills flash or hashtag if you care about that. Also, speaking of Halloween, this weekend... Saturday at 10 p.m. Eastern, I will be on Lee McCoy, a.k.a. Drum Dumb's uh, Hollow Stream Kills. I think it's the fourth one he's doing. Ooh. Um, so it's me, Drum Dumb's. We watched a movie, Wolfman's Got Nards, and Dave McRae. Uh, we're all going to be talking about Halloween, what got us into the franchise. Um, he sent me over like a Rona show. Uh, we're going to talk about how now that the dust is settled on Halloween 2018, is it still good? And I will not be entertaining any fucking like <laughs> shit about that anything, right now. You won't entertain anything, but yes, it is still a good movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about the returning alumni, set photos, flashback scene. I'm kind of you know going to stay quiet on the flat. I don't. I, just, I don't know. I don't like how much that spoiled kind of bugs me. Yeah. Um, I agree. Daniel. We're going to talk about Daniel Harris. I I should watch my video in preparation. (laughs) Uh, What we want out of kills, Carpenter returning to score, box office 
box office predictions and why the hoopla killer flicks fun topic killer flicks is his facebook group um box office predictions that's gonna be fun because i think it's I gonna think it, be killer i don't think it'll make as much as halloween 2018 just because it's not an event anymore you know yeah but still think it'll do just fine especially on a 20 million dollar budget i think, I think and with the anticipation where people know that there's going to be a sequel to it ex- like almost exactly a year later it's going right. to bring people in i'm excited i've got my youtube channel's good for two more years <laughs> i guess <laughs> i don't know um i'm working on a exploring horror for halloween 3 because that's the one movie i skipped last year in case anyone's curious so speaking of halloween We've got Shudder celebrating the holiday with Joe Bob's Halloween Hootenanny on October 25th. And they've been teasing it for a little while, but he confirmed it. It's going to be a triple feature on Halloween. No, on October 25th on Shudder, live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific time. You need to have Shudder, not Shudder through Amazon to watch these. I see every time people are upset because they can't watch this on Amazon. You need Shudder to have Shudder TV. Uh... It looks like they're going to be doing Halloween 1 for sure. But what are the other movies they have on Shudder, you said? Um, the other two Halloween movies they have are 4 and 5. So that's probably what we're seeing. Right? Uh, yeah. I mean, if they did Halloween and then 4 and 5, I think that would be pretty solid. I mean, not that they have to do every, you know, all Halloween movies, but I think it would be cool to keep that theme. So, yeah, this looks cool. Uh, he said that he missed Shudder and the Shudder Faithful. He got renewed, though, for a second season. So, like, he's coming back. But I'm really excited for this. We'll be in Salem when this happens, so we'll probably watch it a little late. This would be something cool for the Salem Horror Fest to show live. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited for this. I want to see what Joe Bob thinks of the first Halloween. I also want to see what he thinks of 4. Because... Four could, you know, people go back and forth on whether or not they like four. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think you and I both kind of uh, lean on the side of it, it's good. It's at least a fun movie and keep gets a lot of things right, if not everything. Um, yeah, I think it's fine. Like, yeah. it's a good follow-up to two, for sure. Yeah, I agree. It's just, it's it'll be interesting to great. see what the Joe Bob take is on, on all this. Or if he's just going to fool us and have three completely separate movies up. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely doing the first Halloween. We know <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, which is going to be awesome. Right. Do we talk about zombie movie Zack Snyder, Army of the Dead, last week? I don't remember. I distinct, I think I read this to someone at work, and then I was like, that sounds cool. Anyways, Zack Snyder is filming Army of the Dead, which is a sequel to Dawn of the Dead. Um, so he's filming it in Atlantic City which makes sense because it's basically taking place in Las Vegas in Atlantic city is like East coast, Las Vegas. And in this plot synopsis that was released, a man assembles a group of mercenaries to take the ultimate gamble, venturing into the quarantine zone to pull off the greatest heist ever attempted. It takes place in Vegas. A zombie plague hits the city and they contain the virus by building a wall of shipping containers around it. And then, you know, obviously zombies get in the whole city turns into zombies then six years later one of the casino uh, owners hires a group of these soldiers to go in and get money that he left in his casino and it comes out next winter that's a really cool premise yeah for a zombie (laughs) like a zombie heist movie with military i'm down for that yeah i mean I, i just love that it's a you know totally original idea 
something like fun that we haven't really seen before. And uh, I feel like Zack Snyder very could, could do it well. Good. Um, so remember Resident Evil Apocalypse went to Vegas, right? But it wasn't like casino-y. Right. Like, it wasn't a heist like this, which makes me really excited. Yeah, I think I that's mean, just a just a great plot for the movie. I just think that's going to be a lot of fun. I agree. Also, Sinister 2 and Eli director Ciaran Foy, that's a name, will be directing episodes of Haunting of Bly Manor. I don't think that's good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Sinister 2 is a fucking bad movie. Yeah, I think it's pretty universally not liked. (laughs) Eli, we definitely talked about in the show, but I completely forgot what it is. Uh but it's a Netflix original movie, so it's basically 50-50 shot on whether it's terrible or okay. <laughs> <laughs> Since that's where their originals seem to top out. I mean, I hope he gets the episodes right. It makes sense that they'd tap him to direct some episodes of the show because, you know, he just did the Netflix original. But Right. And I don't know if this is like a... Maybe Flanagan's busy because he's doing the Doctor Sleep movie and they want to get him out or they want to get him filmed or they need to tap in a few new directors to do some stuff do a couple people are trying to uh do the halloween three thing with uh his oculus i'm like no (laughs) the movie sucks (laughs) it's just not good like that mirror from oculus pops up all over and all of his stuff it's like cool (laughs) i didn't like that movie no but uh he, he he obviously is proud of it Mike Flanagan, yeah, I mean, he puts all this shit from <laughs> all his other movies. He's, I don't know why that like set the course for my opinion on his stuff, but I really liked the anim or the Ouija movie he did. I really like Haunting on Hill House, Haunting of Hill House. Uh, I thought Gerald's game was like uh, good. Yeah, it was like, okay. Solid. I mean, it's like I'd as say. good as the source material could po- could be. Like it was the best adaptation of the source material, but the source Stupidest material I think is fucking kind of... ending of yeah. all time. Just fucking dumb. <laughs> I like think about that at work sometimes. Just like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> hey, fuck you. <laughs> it'd be funny if she came out and was like hey frankenstein <laughs> just like rips on him yeah also like it chapter two he's like you clown <laughs> he looks like dompe from zelda <laughs> he does <laughs> or one of the flea men from castlevania was that supposed to be like a... <laughs> was that supposed to be a twist that that guy was like there the whole time i think so because i think it's supposed it be... to be not real I think it'd be funnier if he was just fake and it was like, what the f- How did you make this up? How did you make up this, like, fucking, you know, Frankenstein's monster? <laughs> like, you know, uh, what was he collecting? I don't remember. Like, candlestick holders? Probably candelabras. <laughs> you know, like, I just made that up. But... If gun to my head, I'd probably bet that's what he's collecting. <laughs> like, it wouldn't be anything useful. Please. Like, he just goes into people's houses and takes the string that you use to pull down your ladder to, like, get into your attic. He takes all of your tea lights. Yeah. What? <laughs> what is a tea light? It's like those little candles. <laughs> Why are they called that? I don't know. 
He doesn't take your real candles. No, he doesn't take like the big ones or like the scented ones. He just takes the little ones that you put inside of stuff. He's like got this curse on him where he's cursed for eternity to have a surplus of watch batteries. And he has to steal things from people's houses that require watch batteries. Not a lot there. It's a short list. (laughs) See, what I'm saying is I could have wrote a better ending to that movie, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Are you going to watch... Are you going to watch In the Tall Grass? I've heard that's pretty terrible, so I don't know. Oh, uh, great. I haven't heard anything about it. But speaking of terrible, uh, Len Weissman is directing the female-led John Wick spinoff, <laughs> Ballerina. Len Weissman is a very bad director. Like, I have no problem saying that. He did the Underworld movies. Like, what a step down. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Why don't you just get someone who directed the John Wick movies to direct this spinoff? Like, I like the idea. I think that world is very rich and worth exploring. There are also really well-done female characters in that. Like, Halle yeah, Berry was awesome. I've, uh, the, the, the ones that suck tend to die. Like, that. Um, some wrestler was in the first one, right? And she gets... She, like, thinks she's cool. Oh, yeah. And she's going to break the rules in the hotel. She gets fucking yeah. iced. So, they do a good job with that. And I think that world... We could see some other hitmen in that world and have their own movie, but uh, you know, Len Weissman. Uh, and maybe can... maybe he'll surprise us. Um, but yeah, I, I you sound confident. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think like you're saying that world is very rich and like is kind of built on having a bunch of secrets and there kind of never being an end to like the lore of the universe. So I get you know why they do like these spinoff movies or whatever since that franchise is massive. Um, I, I right. guess you just hope you put it in the right hands. Yeah, so they didn't do that. So, but, so don't look forward to that, and maybe you'll be surprised when you go to the movie theater. Yeah, I wouldn't Did walk you, in are, with high hopes. I am excited for uh, Castle Rock season two, though. I'm willing to be burned again after <laughs> the first one uh, because the the trailer was great with Annie Wilkes just being on the run, going to Castle Rock, people knowing who she is. I think that's a really cool setup for the movie. I, I just or the show. I like that she's on the run. Did you watch this fourteen minute trailer? Not all of it. I I watched a little bit of it. Um I started to and I didn't like that it was real footage with a dashboard made in a PS2. <laughs> yeah, like a weird fake CGI dashboard. <laughs> like someone found a PS2 dev kit <laughs> and made this. Like why I don't know. I didn't like that part, but it was pretty cool. I mean, I like the idea of it, of them kind of tooling around this city to show that there is a lot of, like, history to it. And there are, you know, many uh, Stephen King references scattered throughout. I think that is a cool idea. Um, And and I think I'm in the same boat as you, where I wasn't a huge fan of the first season. I I thought it... You didn't even finish it, right? No. Like, I thought it started fine, fairly strong, but the story just got, like, so convoluted and uninteresting to me that i i didn't even watch like the last three episodes so yeah i've talked about it at length but like the problem with it was that it stretched an episode's worth of story over like eight episodes yeah so i mean hopefully they learn from their criticisms because i think that was kind of a common complaint people had with the first season so and it hope... wasted it wasted uh the valuable time jane levy has on this earth to be in good <laughs> movies and tv shows yeah i mean that is definitely She's like an unused resource. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. Like, Don't <laughs> Breathe is awesome. I don't understand. 
some guy like went real hard at me. I was like, we should talk about Don't Breathe More. The movie's great. And he's like, the twist is disgusting. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. The fucking, uh, the, the bad guy, Stephen Lang, he gets, I'd say, just punishment for what he attempts to do and fails to do. Yeah, right? and it <laughs> creates like these ridiculously tense sequences in that movie that are unmatched in, in like modern horror. Yeah, someone responded to me. They're like, "For a thriller, it's pretty good," and I just blocked them. <laughs> yeah, I didn't that, even respond. That's just, that's just wrong. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even care if you you're like, you know, kind hearted and just genuinely didn't know. I'm just. I'm not here for that anymore. <laughs> going hard at the end of like some guy messaged me today it was like when what time does the breaking bad movie come out <laughs> why would i know that <laughs> like a i don't watch that show but b like i don't keep track of netflix's fucking release times <laughs> on my phone well maybe you should no <laughs> I, I told him to enjoy it it's like he was like it's important i was like well i hope you enjoy it like i'm not gonna watch it right i don't know <laughs> hope you like it i guess i don't know yeah <laughs> weird dude but that's where i'm at right now in the middle of october 2019 uh got some cool new videos coming up one of them involves michael myers i'm gonna film that tomorrow i got my review of halloween 3 in the works got some other ideas Good stuff Good to look forward to. Coming down the pipeline. And then we got Salem in a week, roughly. A few people have asked me to do a like documentary of sorts or like a vlog on Salem. I might do it. It's a great time. I know I know a lot about it, you know? Yeah. I, I don't... You know, like, usually whenever there's an event or something like that, I avoid doing a video about it because I like to obviously avoid saying something dumb. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I know enough about Salem to where I won't. Is that reasonable? Yeah, I think so. Okay, cool. So, uh, we're going to take a quick break, guys. We'll be back really quickly, in seconds even. Okay, that was a really good quick break. Uh, it was really quick for us, too. So, this week, George, we're talking about Todd Phillips' new movie, Joker, which is apparently the most controversial movie of all time because it invented violence in film. Yes. Um, it has caused the news to strongly desire a mass shooting to occur. Just waiting for it. Yeah, you know, and um, it brought... Yeah, Joaquin Phoenix into the fold of comic book movies and icing on the cake directed by the guy who did three hangover movies in a row. Yeah. Um, so we both saw Joker. What did you think? Uh, I liked it. I thought it was a good movie. Um, good or great? I think it, there are things that are great about it. Like I think Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker is very good. Like, I think that he is definitely the best part of the movie. And Agreed. his portrayal of the character is awesome. Like, it's really yeah. only second to... I think Heath Ledger is still my favorite Joker. But 
It's like a very uh, thin. It's like a close, way closer than I thought it was going to be. It's a hard comparison for me to make because in the Dark Knight, the Joker is just the Joker. Like it's right. it's not an origin. This is an origin, and I think once he becomes the Joker in this, I think I like him about as much as the Heath Ledger Joker, but I can't really say because I just there's not enough there to accurately compare them. Mm-hmm. To me, that that's just how I feel. Yeah, um, and I mean, and like you're, they're two very different characters. Like like you're saying, which this is good. Movie, that's it's what like, we wanted. Right, they're very different, and also like for the two movies, they serve very different purposes. This is a character study on a mentally disabled or mentally, you know, sick person, and then in the Dark Knight, it's like a villain for the ba- the hero to fight. So it's they two very get different. To the same. He gets to the point that the Joker is at in the Dark Knight. You know, there's all those theories with that Joker where he's uh, an ex-soldier and he has, like, insane PTSD and just, like, being in war drove him crazy. Right. I can see that, like, that's topical for the time that movie came out. I can see that being the case. But if you cut that out, that aspect of it, I could see where Joaquin Phoenix ends up at the end of this movie either inspiring that Joker or him evolving into that Joker in some way. I know the timeline obviously doesn't add up because it's like the 70s versus 2000 whenever the fuck that came out but this i I, you know i used to really like batman a lot and then i kind of fell out of favor he kind of fell out of favor with me just like because it got to the point where you just couldn't have a conversation about it with anyone you know because everyone wants to act like they're the definitive right now he's one of those heroes that like has such a huge following that everybody has a take on him Right, but they act like their their take is the one take. Right. But the reason I like Batman is because there's so many different stories that just have their own lore. Like I really like I watched the Dark Knight Returns Part One and Two movies on DC Universe, which I still have. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are really good. I just like that world that that Batman lives in. I like that versus Batman Beyond. I, I really like Batman Beyond as well. Yeah. Long Halloween is one of Long my Halloween favorite comics excellent. of all time. Yeah, really cool. Um, Batman Year One is like a really cool origin story. Comic. Oh yeah, it's a great comic. And, um, you know, this movie kind of reminded me, like, why I liked Batman by showing me a Joker that I actually liked. Because we, we both talked about it at length on here, I think, like, how sick of the Joker we were. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, cause... like, the main issue with it was just that, like, I, I don't know if it was people were too lazy to pick, like, another villain. Or if it was, were, like, afraid that no other villain would sell other than the Joker. But, like, he right. has a whole rogues gallery that you can choose from that are all, like, equally pretty interesting and, like, deep, complex characters. I always like Two-Face a lot. I yeah, Two-Face like... is, like, awesome. He's a, such a cool he character. He always becomes the butt of a joke. <laughs> I don't know why, because he's so cool. I, I think the Riddler can be done right. Um, that one's a little know, harder we... to do, but you could do it. Yeah. Right. We were talking about Jake Baldino, our friend of the show, who's been on here before, earlier. He made a great point that, and I think in Batman Forever, that's the one with uh, the Riddler and... Um, Two-Face? Penguin. Oh, yeah. Riddler and Two-Face. They they just turned both those characters into different Jokers. Yeah, definitely. And I was like, that's why I don't like them. But I like <laughs> the way they look. So it was just funny. I was like, fuck, that's why I don't like them. But going back to Joker, we're going to spoil the shit out of this movie, just so you guys know. I really like the unreliable narrator take this movie had, and I agree with you that there are great moments in it. But overall, it's just kind of like a 50-50 split between Taxi Driver and The King of Comedy. Like, it didn't do enough new to really be considered a masterpiece in my book because you know it's just emulating right and and i think so similar like 
to point out one scene that I think like would have made the unreliable narrator a much cooler perspective for the movie is so at one point we're like made to believe that he starts dating Zay Beats's character. Yes. Sophie. And so like we see she goes with him to the comedy club. They, you know, he tells some jokes like really poorly cause he's sick and can't like, doesn't understand anything. Right. Um, and then, Oh yeah. I love when he's laughing off beat. Right. Where yeah. like the, he watches the comedian tell jokes and he laughs at all the wrong moments. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then like, you know, we see her kind of like backing him up like, Oh yeah, that Joker guy seems like a real hero. And he like feels good about himself. And then later in the movie, you know, he goes to her apartment and she's like, uh, like, who are you? What are you doing in my apartment? And like, then we have this fight club scene where it goes back and like removes him. Like he's actually been standing by himself the whole time and she wasn't there. But it's like, like, we we could have guessed it. Like, it's not that hard to pick up that this guy is obviously not dating this, (laughs) this chick. Like he's not sane. No, that that was like that was really dumb. And also the thing that was just like, come on, the part where uh, the dude goes into the alleyway and rips off Martha Wayne's pearls. Like, <laughs> how many fucking movies are you gonna have that? Like, I don't. She, why does she have to have a pearl necklace? Like, why? Like, is that just so essential to the Batman <laughs> like lore? Yeah, I mean, I think at this point it's just it just has to happen. If you're sh- if you're gonna show the origin of Batman, you have to show the pearls falling on the ground. I don't get it. That was really dumb to me. And I also think the extra scene that happens after the actual end of the movie is pointless. Like, it has a good moment where he's like, ah, you know, you wouldn't get it. I like that. That shot when he's standing on the taxi cab is one of the best shots I've seen in a movie ever. Like, out of every movie I've seen in my entire life. If they would have just cut to black there with him standing on the cop car, that would have been so cool. (laughs) Oh, I love when he smeared the blood on his face. You know those weird theories now where, like, he died in that car crash and it's like, please go outside. Like, (laughs) please stop providing input to the conversation. (laughs) But uh, I love that shot. It's just, like, so good. And I also love the shot when he goes to meet Thomas Wayne at the movie theater. Um... I just, I wish it was more than that one shot, but I love that street level, like protest type look where you mm-hmm. can see how tall the buildings are in New York, even though it's Gotham or whatever. Yeah. But it's just cool. It's like, it, it really captured that feel well. And I liked watching him infiltrate the theater. You know, I thought that was cool. I don't even know if that happened. I don't know if that was unreliable narrator type stuff, but you mentioned something that I completely agree with that Thomas Wayne this is like a story that paints him as a colossal piece of shit politician. Right. And I was like, yeah, we were kind of, ta- yeah, <laughs> kind of talking on this uh, before the show, but yeah, I love that. Like I thought the take on Thomas Wayne, not being like this beacon of hope for the city where, you know, like all the, the one percenters paint him as like, Oh yeah, he's a hero. He's a philanthropist. He does all this. So that, like, that's good different. Stuff. You you're well versed in Batman it's compared to me. So is that different? I, I think it's like, you know, like you were saying, there's so many different Batman stories that, like, sometimes, I think for the most part, he is painted as, like, kind of a hero, but there are definitely stories that have done that before, where they make Thomas Wayne, like, he wasn't necessarily the nicest guy, or the most, like, you know, I think there's been some stories where he's been, like, mixed up with the Falcone crime family, and that's why his business, like, got so huge, and why the, you know, Wayne Enterprises, like, got so massive and part of the city, because they were, like, 
the city's built on crime and like the biggest billion dollar enterprise kind of would need to be like in bed with the criminals to do well. Right. Oh man, that that's really interesting to me, that whole plot line. I love when he just fucking socks him right in the face. Yeah. So do you think I I definitely think that he's actually his dad. Yeah, I think that that just totally makes sense to me. Like I think that it's so easy to falsify those records. Right. And like, like a guy like him who is like running for mayor of the city is extremely wealthy. Like would probably have had an affair on his wife without thinking twice about it. Would have totally. I'm not questioning that his uh, mom is crazy because, in my mind, him having her falsely committed, where she has to repeat over and over again, right? Like, right. No. And go like, through like happened. take all this medication go through all this yeah. like therapy for being completely sane i think would actually drive you crazy right so that's that's where i'm coming at it from but i think it you know it leaves enough there on both sides of the coin where you could really pick your own yeah way. which is kind of cool like i think that I love was that i mean that's like sort of one of the things that people have always liked about the joker origin that it was like you never really know exactly how it happened because there hasn't been one definitive story of this is exactly you know how how he came to be and you know this movie does you know if you were to take this as canon this is sort of the joker it it takes away some of it by like giving him a name and a past and everything but but there are definitely places where it can deviate and i like that i agree and i just love the overall shot work and they shot this movie in new york city i always i think it's because of you i always i always defer to you on the shit i think you told me this though that in the DC world, whatever the fuck, uh, Metropolis is considered to be New York. Right. And Gotham is considered to be Chicago, even though they're both on the East Coast. Yeah. I always like Gotham being Chicago, especially since that's where they filmed Dark Knight. I always look at it that way. But I think Gotham being New York in this movie really worked well. I yeah, I think it just has that awesome. like extra edge to it. Like this movie right. went for like Gotham being this like very dirty... Like hard to oh, live. Oh, I in. love the trash on the streets and like that's causing all these the civil unrest and all. Like, oh, I thought that was so cool. Yeah, and I I, I just like that like the city being very gritty and beaten down like because it hasn't been taken care of in forever, and that it, it just sets the stage for like this is why like this is a Gotham where you'd understand why Batman would have to exist because it's like so corrupt and so dirty and like so. Like, the cops could not repair this city. They'd need this other force that would, like, strike fear into the hearts of criminals to not commit crimes. Right, and I love... I mean, you know all the cops in Gotham City are corrupt, but I also love the scene when he goes to Bruce Wayne's house. And I think it's great that they set this movie around Halloween, like, in the fall, that Wayne Manor is beautiful. And it's just crazy how uh, they thought to make sure that there's, like, a massive gate and there's hedges all the way around. Mm -hmm. Like, even when he's walking up to the house, it's like... It's a metaphor for Thomas Wayne. He, like, thinks he knows what's going on in the city. And he's like, I empathize with everyone. Like, yeah, it sucks living in the city. But he lives so far outside the city right. in his literal walled garden yeah. that he, how could he ever know? And, you know, Bruce Wayne, they, they had that dumb callback to um, the, the what's his name? Adam West Batman show with the fire pole. I was like, oh, that's a little on the nose. <laughs> I gotta but like he comes that. Up, it's like, yeah, I get it. I, I'm just too cynical on callbacks. But... Um, I like when he comes up the gate. I like when he tries to make him smile. I, I thought that was all really cool. But the the best part of the whole movie to me is the talk show. 
Yeah, I love I that. that. I thought so that good. De Niro was so good as uh, Murray Frank. Like, I thought that the little interludes that we see of, like, that show popping up and it being oh, kind of so the, like, great. fun talk show host, like the Jimmy Fallon of his time that everybody kind of likes. He felt like a talk show host. I, yeah. like, want him to have a talk show now. Yeah, like, he, like, if De Niro wants to show up in a movie, he just totally knocks it out of the park. And he was so awesome. Like, he's probably the biggest side character other than, like, Joker's mom, probably. Right. Um, he just plays like such a central role in like the feel of the city and like, you know, the vibe of like what people are watching. And this is probably like the big show of the time where this is the thing everybody was watching. Um, so I, I just, I did a great job and like the, the talk show host part was awesome. And he was just like so great whenever he came on screen. I just, I really wish we got more of Joker on the street. The, the, the ending scene when he's on standing in the police car. I said taxi earlier, and I tweeted that too. I don't know why in my head it's a taxi. But I mean, even the the like big inciting incident that like birds the Joker, where he guns down oh, those three guys so on well. the subway, was like when I saw that, I was like, oh shit, like that guy fucking my dark. Oh my god, I loved when he chased the guy down. <laughs> Just like executes him in the, he's like, oh. as he's going up the steps. And it's not it's not because he doesn't want to get caught. Like, you can very clearly tell. It's like, he makes a snap decision. He's like, no, I want to fucking kill this guy. Like, no way. You're not getting away. Right. He's, like, these, he's, he's comparing them to the bullies from the beginning of the movie. He's like, they didn't let me get away. You know, like, they, they made sure I was fucking down. <laughs> right. kick the shit out of me. He's like, I'm going to kick the shit out of you now. You're fucking dead. And the way that those extras acted when they got shot was, like, phenomenal. Yeah. So good. And, and that's totally, like, like, the split between, like... It's not self-defense when you shoot the guy in the back and chase him down and then right. execute him up the staircase. Like the, the first gunshot, like when he shoots the guy, that's self-defense. But I feel like it ends there. Like yeah. you don't have to kill the other two. Like they're obviously scared to the point where they'd run away. Right. And um, I, you know, what was really cool that the blood in this movie is basically metallic paint. Yeah, like it has like, gl- like super you know it has dark glitter in it. Yeah, it's like super dark, reflective like just wet it just looked really good to me like it looked very yeah. like real and gritty and i know this movie is good because i i saw it the night it came out once and i remember most of it and i really loved the scene when he gets in the fridge <laughs> it was awesome <laughs> just really weird like he just does a bunch of weird stuff like that yeah and just the shot of him blowing out uh robert de niro's brains on tv and then you, it was so cool. I thought it was going to end there, but then he goes up to the camera and he starts talking to the camera. That's like out of all the Joker stuff I've seen, you know, because my experience with Batman, you you are way well, way better versed in Batman than me. My experience with Batman is the Batman animated series. I've seen every episode of that show. Great show. And the, X, the Xbox game. Like I love Mask of the Phantasm and I like the, what is it? Cold, Cold Heart. Like the Mr. Freeze. There was a movie yeah. for Mr. Freeze, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that, and like that's where they invented his whole mythos with his wife. I love all that. I've played Arkham City. I've read The Long Halloween. Like, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've read the, like, greatest hits of Batman. Right. Stuff that includes the Joker. And that was, like, peak Joker for me. Like, he goes in, like, screams in the camera and Yeah, shit. that was definitely, I'm, like... I like that. A very, like, a, a totally perfect Joker moment in terms of, like, that is totally something you could see him doing in any, right. like, good comic book where he would just gun down a talk show host and then use his, like, broadcast to tell his own message over it. Which is just, like... And just, like, how uncomfortable he made everybody on the set when he was on the talk show was, like, pretty perfect. 
Um, I love when the old days like you can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! So uh, when they play the Happy Gilmore song, when he, I hate when that. that. That's part is so stupid. I was like, I laughed so hard that a guy behind me was like, "Shut the fuck up!" <laughs> <laughs> in the theater. I was like, "Why did you pick that song?" That was like, stupid. I, like I get what that. Uh, like I get that that is the that song is chosen for that part of the movie because it is like a triumphant moment for him where he's like choosing to like <laughs> become the Joker. But it's just like, yeah, it just feels oh, the, like so dumb. I love when the cops, like Lieutenant Dan, yeah, uh, wait, yeah, when he shows up and then they're like. He's like, oh, fuck. Just like fucking, uh, who was the Caesar Romaine or whatever? The first Joker from like the Adam West series is like, he basically was like a three stooge, just like, yay, 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 and just runs down the street. Yeah, I love that. Also, dude, when they get on the train and uh, the cop shoots that guy, uh, you know, when Lieutenant Dan shoots that guy, and they all just beat him to death. Yeah, he looks around, he's just like, uh oh. Yeah. And they beat the fucking shit out of it. That was awesome. And I don't know, just like the, the red suit was really cool. I like the Yeah, way I looks. love the costume design for like when he was fully Joker at the end of the movie. Like the face paint, the hair, the costume, it all looked like awesome. I really like that look for him. Yeah, and I, I like how they just built this whole movie around the idea that like the it's like the Joker is created by a guy who had one bad day, you know? Like that's mm-hmm. straight out of the animated series. And also the Murray Franklin show the title treatment for that was the exact like font from the animated series. I right. thought that was really cool. So they are pulling from the right stuff, which I, you know, yeah, obviously definitely. really like, um, I didn't, did you see it in like a digital projection movie place or did you see it on film? Yeah, I think I saw it digital. I did too. I kind of want to go see it on film. You know, like I knew I was going to like it. I didn't know if it was going to be a legitimate film. Cause you know, like right. they've been marketing it as like, Oh, we made a real movie and we put the Joker on it. It's like okay, whatever. Like, right? Know, like Warner Warner Brothers is still paying your check. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, but I think I think it, they, I think it does warrant really that. Like I think it is. Yeah, it's a good movie on its own before it's like a comic book movie. I mean, yeah. So you know, like uh, I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood night it came out right, and I've been thinking about that movie ever since. This is the first movie I've seen since then that's like gotten me to stop thinking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Like it's like oh this is this is like a good quality movie and I feel like this one will be remembered you know like the the conversation around it I I use this phrase a lot I think I'm using it right I'm saying like the conversation that people are having about this movie is really missing the forest for the trees like you're not even talking about the movie anymore everyone it's this, I, I, the I think same the biggest, conversation the biggest issue about like the conversation that this movie spawned was that people were like had very passionate opinions about this movie weeks before they anybody had it. seen it. Like, I think you have, especially something like, you know, movies are art. And so I think to interpret art, you have to have seen it for yourself before you can pass judgment or say what the message is or, you know, have your own opinions on it. I think you have to fully experience it and you could go and see it and have those same opinions. That's fine. But I think you have to actually be exposed to it before you can completely write it off. Yeah, like, I think Masterpiece is a little much. I think know? so, too. I think I want to see more movies like this. Um, I was super bummed that uh, Joaquin Phoenix was like, nah, I'm not doing a sequel. But he started saying now, he's like, he said this is his favorite role he's ever done. And he was like, when I saw this coming out, and he's like, I went and saw it again. He's like, this is my favorite role I've ever had. And he was basically saying, like, yeah, what if me and Todd have ideas, like, we'll do it if they'll fund it. 
So I, because re- I really want to see, I want to see this Joker in more stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, I think my one of favorite my... part of the movie was once he was the Joker, right? You know? And I feel like, like there's ways you could take that. That third act really like is the massive like gut punch that that movie needed and elevated it. Oh yeah, to like that higher. I want to see it when it starts there. I want to see him get out of Arkham State Hospital. Right. right? I want to like... see him break out of there and then go and do stuff. Which is like it'll be hard to do that, and like really not have him have any adversaries yet. But I guess you'll, you know, they'll have to figure that out. Like, what, what oh, would... dude, and just the whole thing with him being Batman's brother and, like, him uh, yeah, I mean, that, causing that adds, the riot. Like, such a cool, like, depth to their nemesis, like, I don't know, rivalry. To yeah. To have it, them be actually legitimately half-brothers, I think, adds, like, a cool depth that I didn't, you know, did not expect walking into the movie. Yeah, I think the Arkham games do that same thing really well, but I, I just think it will work better in a movie form. I, th- I think, you know, I think the Arkham games really fucked up by killing the Joker in City. I just think, like, they, they got Mark Hamill in. You know, they, they screwed him up in Arkham Asylum by making him, like, Bane-style bad guy, right? Right. Because every game needs to have a fucking final boss for no reason. But, um, you know, in City, he was really cool. Just, like, the implications of that game. It just felt like, I don't know. I like the idea of Red Hood becoming the Arkham Knight. And I like that they came up with their own villain for that game. But... I don't know. I would I would have really liked to see the Joker more. Like, be the Joker. Yeah. And, and like, the thing that's kind of weird about that is, like, I think in those games, they do all the side characters. Like, if they just give a character, like, their own little side, like, hidden side quest thing. I think they're usually, yeah. like, really well done if they're in, like, a, like, not linear, but, like, an isolated, like, side portion of the game that's just dedicated to them as a character. So I think if they would have done something like that, for just the Joker, where it's, like, you go to his, the funhouse area or whatever, and it's just, like, a one-off, like, go capture him, but, like, the big bad is somebody else. I think that would have probably worked better than... I wish they just copied that episode of um, Batman the Animated Series when, you know, Joker fucks with that guy for, like, two years. <laughs> and then uh, he finds the Joker bomb under his car, and he goes in the alley, and he's, like... The Joker's like, you know, if I get caught, I'll just get out and come find you. And he's like, oh, you're not getting caught today, Joker. Yeah. Like, I got the bomb. And he's like, I'm going to kill you and me. He's like, we're going to be rid of each other. And then the Joker starts, like, calling for Batman. You yeah. know? They yeah, could have like... easily done what you just said and made that a mission. Like, right. when you hear the Joker screaming for help. And then, because it's like the one episode of the show where you get the Joker to call for Batman's help. And then Batman laughs. <laughs> It's like, that'd be awesome in the game. Yeah. You know? That would just be, like, a, a cool moment and, like, a fun fun way to t- turn it on its on its ear. Yeah, um, I, and I like the look of that Joker. My favorite Joker is the, like, millennial Joker that uh, the Scott Snyder comic yeah, for the New 52 the had. Yeah, separated face one. Yeah. Um, and then, dude, I wish they would do a Dark Knight's Metal game because that's, that's so cool. Yeah. But, I mean, I think yeah. with this new game that's coming out, Hopefully that'll kind of capitalize on this. Like an Arkham game. I hope it's like a Batman game. Like, I I mean, I think the the Court of Owls thing would be cool. I think right because you know people shit all over Arkham Origins, but that game, as far as villains go, that one has all my favorite villains. Even though Black Mask like isn't Black Mask really. Yeah. You know you've got Deathstroke in there. Even though that boss fight sucks, uh, that that game is really cool and it's set on Christmas. Like I think they did some really cool stuff, and I think it's shitty that. Um, rock city talks about it as the arkham trilogy and just completely ignores it right because i thought that was like the most original had like the 
like most variety of villains, most, you know, I I, th- I think that's like in my top two of those games. Like I would not, I'd put it over like two games in that trilogy pretty easily. Right. And dude, remember the Metroidvania one, the prequel to that? Was that uh, on Vita? Oh uh, yeah. on Vita. I, I do remember I th- that. I, I don't think you played it as much as I did. I, I like got a hundred percent completion in that game. That game was awesome. Like it was real Black Mask, and it ended with a uh, the Joker taking over as him. I might have to dust off the Vita and see if I can. Oh uh, man, dude, I dusted off my Vita like a week ago. That thing, like the Switch Lite, feels like the Vita successor. Yeah, like it's like Nintendo tricked us all into basically buying a Vita, <laughs> which I think is cool. But I hope. I wish they would do a remastered version of that Metroidvania game for Switch. Like, I would play that. Yeah, that Because it was really good. It was honestly... It's called, like, Arkham... What is it? Like, Arkham Origins Breakout or something? Yeah, I loved it. I think it was the the Origins offshoot, so I think... And it had had the, you know, the combat from those games, which everyone loves, but in a 2D form. It worked so well. That's, like, easily one of the best Batman games. And I feel like no one played it because it was on 3DS and Vita. Right. And they did an HD version. Yeah. So, anyways, I really like Joker. Uh, I gave it a 4. It was like, it it was a 3.5 for a little bit, and then I bumped it up to a 4. Just because I I keep thinking about it. Yeah. I I also gave it a 4, but there's definitely parts that are weaker than other parts. Oh, shit. I completely forgot to talk about um, the media thing. Like, where when it pans out with all the TVs... With all the different news stations showing Murray Franklin getting his brains blown right. out on TV. Yeah. God damn, that was awesome. Yeah. Did, like, did, did you like that? Like, yeah. I mean, I think that, like, I think, like, the message that it's trying to say is, like, not necessarily the smartest way to do it. Like, I think, like, it, it sort of bugged me that when he went on the, um, the Murray Frank show, he was, like, told the Joker, he's like, and this is what happens when you leave a mentally sick person alone on the street we rise up and get our revenge or whatever it's like that like you didn't have to say all that like it was very yeah that like, was on the nose like it's so blunt with everything because he doesn't believe that right and so like, like he, i think if it was literally like if it was literally he went on the show told that like dumb knock knock joke and then just killed murray frank and then went up to the tv did the same stuff and then they just showed it at the end like the loop of all that going i think that would have been like the I don't think the audience is too dumb to understand that like that is supposed to be like the school shooter media cycle of them constantly showing tragedies and like perpetuating the evil by showing it. Yeah, and it's just ridiculous how I, it's it's re- just insane how fucking nuts. Specifically, CNN is the one I keep seeing. Just the stuff they keep coming up with. They want a school shooting. They want a shooting to be inspired by this movie. Which is fucking horseshit on its own. Like, the Dark Knight did not inspire the Aurora shooting. The reason the guy picked the Dark Knight screening was because that was the biggest movie in the country at the time. And there was a screening of it. So he knew the most people would be in that screening at that movie theater in Colorado. He did not have green hair like the Joker. He never said he was the Joker. That was like widely misreported and it still is. Yeah. But CNN has been saying like all this shit about it. They're like, they want a shooting to happen so bad. Yeah. Like I'm no problem. Like whoever's writing these articles and tweets, like you're so disingenuous. 
Not that they're listening, but like, fuck you, seriously. Yeah, the media spin on it is like totally ridiculous. Um, They they said that the the guy who wrote that uh, rock and roll part two, the Happy Gilmore song, I guess he's like a sexual like child predator or whatever. As if that song doesn't play at every fucking major league (laughs) baseball game, but because it's a sport and not a movie, you're okay with it. Like, eat shit. Seriously, dude. Like, Like, they're looking for any excuse to come after this or say it's going to like inspire some whatever but like at at the end of the day it's like a movie it has a message but it's like not the smartest told message ever so it's not i don't think it's actually gonna inspire anybody to do anything yeah i've seen people who were like you remember when um trump tried to say that video games cause violence a couple months ago I saw people being like, oh, like, you know, entertainment and media don't cause violence. But because the Joker movie doesn't fit their fucking shitty narrative that they're always, you know, preaching about on Twitter. They're like, this is the movie that's it's so hypocritical. They're right. talking about how this movie is going to cause real life violence. It's like, come on, like, get a life. You know, it isn't. It clearly isn't because it's like it is a well-made movie. It all, I didn't talk about this either. It paints the Joker as completely pathetic. Like right. the whole movie. Even when he gets his, like, revolution started at the very end, he didn't do anything to make that happen uh, willingly. No, it's just like totally like like a coincidence. His incident, like, incited all these people, and he just so happens to be at the center of it because of, like, this accident, basically. Like, he stumbles into this, not for many, like, being this criminal mastermind, but just because it was, like, luck, basically. And Murray Franklin, everything he says is right. Where it's like everyone has a bad day and they don't go out and kill people, you know? Like, there's a lot of self-pity here. It's Yeah, the system did fail the Joker. But the whole point of life is like, yeah, pretending that, like, you have it so much harder than anyone else and, like, no one else has hard days or anything like that just makes you pathetic, in my opinion. And I feel like that's the message the movie is trying to deliver. And I feel like it delivers it really well like the joker is not painted as the good guy throughout any of this movie no definitely like, not. yeah he's painted as like happens to him he's mentally ill and he goes insane and he is like a you know a terrorist so really like there's nothing about him that is uh <laughs> anything you'd want to emulate no not at all and it's like the only moment where you could construe it that way there's a very very fine point put on the fact that he takes it much farther than he has to on the subway. Right. Like he kills the one guy and you're like, okay, I feel good about that. Like that's self-defense, but then he just keeps going. And it's like, yeah, I think it's cool that those fucking bullies died. Right. Like that's pretty sweet, but it's Mm -hmm. just a movie. It's just like wish fulfillment, the villain fantasy type stuff. Right. And you know, like honestly, he wouldn't have he would have gone to jail for self-defense or would have gone to jail despite it being self-defense because of the, it would be overkill. Because at that point it is like these people are running in fear from him after he kills one guy, so it's like clearly he is the bad guy in that scenario. Right. And I just think the movie, you know, the movie is pretty blunt with a lot of this stuff. Like it's not like nuanced, and I feel like they did that for a reason so that people wouldn't take it the wrong way, as if he's the hero. Just because someone's the protagonist doesn't mean they're the hero. Right. It's a character study. Like the character that they're focusing on isn't always the good guy. Yeah, and I think. Like, I don't know. I saw that the Oscar voters are saying that because the movie is so controversial, they don't think it deserves to be up for the running. If that doesn't prove how big of a joke the Oscars are, like, I don't know what else does. This, It's meaningless awards. You know, every year people whine, bitch, and moan about how 
you know, the Oscars are pointless until Black Panther wins an Oscar and suddenly they matter again. It's like, yeah. I, no Marvel movie deserves to win an Oscar, in my opinion. <laughs> I, I mean, I would the... say this was much closer to deserving an Oscar than any Marvel movie. Yeah, it's, it's not even a competition. Close. Like yeah. Marvel movies are movies made by a committee. They're made to sell toys. They're a product. They're well-made products, but they I mean, also we like them. I mean, we like the yeah, movies. Yeah, we it's... love them. We yeah. go and see them multiple times. But they paint with the broadest strokes possible because they want to cast the widest net and pull in the like biggest sea of people that they can that will like their movies so that they'll go buy toys they'll go to disneyland and go on the new marvel like spider-man ride or they'll Mm -hmm. go to disneyland shanghai and go on the iron man ride you know yeah it's people were pissed at martin scorsese last week because he said that marvel movies like art cinema yeah yeah he said they're not cinema they're theme park rides and people took that negatively but that's not negative Theme park rides make you feel happy and good and, like, you know, they give you temporary enjoyment. But, yeah. like, no one's having profound discussion about a Marvel movie. No. Uh, what, like, two months after it's out? It's like, right. yeah, you talk about what happened in it. And it's like you have little discussions about, oh, how long was Nick Fury a uh, scroll? Right. You have to talk in, about, in like, the... the plot and, like, yeah. what's going to happen next. You know, what characters are going to be in the next one? What characters are next to team up? You know, it's all... It's just basically creating a comic book that everybody reads. Yeah. It's like people, it's like, yeah, you go on Twitter and bitch about how the Mandarin was fake in Iron Man 3. You know, like, yeah, right. If you want to give an Oscar, if there is an Oscar, I don't know if this is even a category. If there's one for like previs, like visual effects and like CGI and all that stuff, hell yeah, they deserve to win an Oscar. But as far as filmmaking goes, it's, it's, they shouldn't even be in the competition. No. It's just, it's a fact. And I feel like Joker really did a good job of studying what makes a good film and applying it to comic books. And I feel like that's why people love Batman so much because you never hear people talk about arcs of Batman comics. You hear them talk about graphic novels. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like a very key distinction. Uh, the, The Killing Joke. And, you know, the Court of Owls, that is kind of an arc of the New 52, but you can read it self-contained. The Dark Knight Returns, like, these are all self-contained stories that are well told. They ignore all this convoluted backstory bullshit to tell a good story. And I feel like that's why Batman is so successfully adapted over and over again. Yeah, why he's stood the test of time and consistently been good, more so than, like, most other comic book characters. Yeah, and I feel like that's why filmmakers are attracted to him as a character. Like, you don't see Christopher Nolan coming in and being like, I'm going to make a Superman movie, you know? Right. Like, Superman is very decidedly a Zack Snyder character to tackle. Like, it might be cool to see Chris Nolan cover Superman, but we already got that this year with Brightburn. I feel like that's the logical conclusion of a filmmaker tackling any of these movies, like a Superman-style story, because Superman is the most Marvel superhero of them all. Right. You know, he's very superficial. The best comic, unfortunately, I've ever read with Superman in it is written by Max Landis, where it explores him, you know, feeling alienated by society and shit. And it wasn't even great. Like, it was it was just, like, different. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I'd, I'd really be curious to see what they could do with the sequel to this movie. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see more of this character doing stuff since the third act was, like, so well done. Um, they and they that, really made him the Joker, right? Like, yeah, like, he's, he's totally yeah. the Joker at the end of this movie. 
like i don't need i don't need any more of like him crawling in the fridge and writing in his notebook like mental illness is like people expecting you to behave how you don't you know right. what i mean like we got that already in this movie i don't want to see flashbacks to that or anything right. i want now, to see if it's like sequels like he's not taking his meds anymore he's done he's thrown away the old persona of arthur fleck and now he's the joker and he's committing like massive crime and causing huge bouts of chaos i think that would be awesome with like great cinematography like that like was in this movie and just like huge cool scenes i think could do really well i want dc to keep giving these movies to like really good filmmakers you know how awesome it would be if birds of prey was directed by george miller yeah. and it was like a fucking road trip movie yeah that'd be awesome it'd be great like, that's what i want to see out of this stuff like matt reeves doing the batman movie with robert pattinson and jonah hills playing the fucking riddler <laughs> and uh the guy from westworld uh the the black dude who's the robot he's playing commissioner gordon like that's great casting and that's not in the batman versus superman universe it's separated from the Zack snyder stuff that's a good middle point between joker and a marvel movie to me. right i think they're i think they're on the right track i think birds of prey after watching the trailer that i'm either way on that one i think that really should be rated r because hearing margot robbie say i'm harley freaking quinn is just cringy <laughs> You know, like I think that sh- that like that deserves an f bomb. Yeah, if I mean, you ask I, me. I think if DC just said, you know what, we're we're making only like one off movies. They're all gonna be like R rated, serious adult takes on these comic book characters. I think they would do a lot better. Like I think they'd be respected more by like general moviegoers, and their movies would just be a lot better. Right, and you know. um Robert Pattinson's Batman is uh, 90s. This, like, new Matt Reeves Batman movie takes place in the 90s. So this Joker theoretically could still exist in that universe if they were connected, but I'm glad that they're not. Yeah. I mean, he'd be, like, quite a bit older, but, um, yeah. I'm really looking forward to that Batman movie, so... That'll be cool, I think. I I want DC to keep doing these movies that Marvel can't because they're owned by Disney. Like, they're never going to let Fox make a Marvel movie, you know? Right. Or, like, under Fox Searchlight, <laughs> which is the sad reality of it. It's exactly why I don't want um, Kevin Feige doing a Star Wars movie. It's like, I don't I don't want you to Marvelize Star Wars. I want the DC version of Star Wars. You could do right. an awesome heist movie in the Star Wars universe. I mean, I thought arguably they did one with Solo. I mean, I Solo know was, yeah. a lot of people Solo shit on that movie, but... I thought Solo was pretty cool. Yeah, a lot of people didn't see it. And they still <laughs> shit on it. It's just like... They were going in such a good direction with Solo and Rogue One and just the shows. Like, Mandalorian looks great. I think they're really smart for putting uh, the sequel to Solo and the Obi-Wan show. All this stuff that was supposed to be movies on uh, Disney+. Plus. I think yeah. these will all work as good character study TV shows. Yeah, and I think the but, shows are going to do really well. But Out of all the stuff we're getting in the down the pipe for star wars i could not be less excited for kevin feige's uh <laughs> his fucking, take on the movies yeah his, his toy ad yeah exactly right it's like come on <laughs> that's what we're gonna get like yeah I, I, just, <laughs> I, I i'm not discounting what that guy has done or like in any way because you know endgame was a really good movie it was a good achievement like what that guy did he basically told a tv show story like a season of a tv show across 10 years of movies and that's really cool 
but that works better for Marvel, which is very superficial. Like Marvel is just superficial overall compared to DC. And it's and, about team ups and having the characters. Yeah. Like, so it's obviously cooler to build like a cinematic universe with that because you get those like big moments of like, oh, I've seen five movies with each of these characters in it. Right. And I think that has value. That has intrinsic value because it makes people happy. But like from a filmmaking standpoint, I'm much more interested in what Warner Brothers can do with their properties. Yeah, I totally agree. So uh, that's all I got, George. You got anything else to say about Joker? Spelled J-A-O-Q-U-E-R. <laughs> no, but uh, I'd say if you haven't seen it yet, go see it. Have you seen that video where the guy's like, I'm the Joker, baby? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> Bye.